This is episode one with Belinda Davidson. Welcome to the Wellness Project podcast with Claire Obade. I'm a life and wellness coach, yoga teacher, EFT practitioner, and meditation guide. And most importantly, I'm a mama. And I'm here to support you to free your mind, fuel your body, and feed your soul as we journey into the project of your own wellness. From meditation, yoga, spirituality, and health to well being, mindset, conscious living and conscious parenting. I dive into it all, featuring moments of contemplation mixed with inspired action and handy takeaways. You will feel inspired and motivated, ready to cultivate new habits, rituals and tools for your wellness journey. With mini meditation sessions to support you in cultivating inner stillness, connection and clarity and special co-hosted episodes and interviews to answer your questions, the Wellness Project podcast has you covered. Okay, guys, I am so thrilled to get into this conversation with you today with Belinda Davidson. I am beyond excited for you to hear this incredible chat with Belinda. So if you're not aware of who Belinda Davidson is, she is an international speaker, author, and modern mystic, and she has just recently released her first book, From Dark to Light. It is an incredible guide for modern mystics looking to heal via the shadow and into the light. Belinda's life purpose is to help people change their energy and heal their lives. And she travels the world extensively offering courses, workshops, and healings. And I'm so grateful that I have been able to work with her privately and through a lot of her workshops and courses before in the past. For almost 20 years, Belinda worked as a medical intuitive and consultant. Among her clients were doctors, celebrities, CEOs, and well-known business leaders. Belinda was born extrasensory and very psychic. And I have to say, from my own experience with her, psychic is an understatement. The things that she can see and feel and intuit and know is beyond. Belinda sees or used to see her psychic abilities as a curse in her childhood and is now a wonderful gift later in life. And she's changing people's lives through what she can do and through her incredible skill set. Belinda is often described as a spiritual change agent and thought leader for our generation, but she does feel most comfortable being described as a modern mystic, a modern day woman with one foot in this world and one foot in another. So without further ado, I'm going to take us to our conversation where we dive into her book a little. We explore shadow work and working with chakras and the white light and all sorts of other incredible things come out in our conversation about releasing blockages and the ego and the importance of doing daily work that's spiritual and has a real profound impact on your physical, emotional, mental, energetic life. So I hope you love this conversation with Belinda Davidson as much as I did. Hi, Belinda. Welcome, and thank you so much for having this very important conversation with me about your amazing new book. Thank you. I'm honoured and thrilled to be here. Your book is astounding. I think you probably remember when you sent it to me. I read it in less than 24 hours, and that is around juggling a toddler. But that I just devoured it. It was just, and it is just, such a needed story and book of guidance and healing so thank you so much for bringing that out into the world oh you're welcome welcome and it has as we spoke about before we hit record it has achieved amazing success already in what two or three days yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can hear in my voice that I'm genuinely astounded Mm. I yeah I, I didn't I couldn't well, I self-published, and as you know, I'm not very tech-savvy, so I have struggled a lot with that, and I tried to do a pre-order, couldn't work out how to do it, so it's not the pre-order success that got me there. Somehow, it found wings, and I am genuinely astounded. Yes, I can hear that. I I can tell, but I think that, like I said, the world needs to to read your story and I've worked with you for very many years now and I know a lot of your story but not in the depth that you've described in this book and that story is really powerful even just 
for individuals like myself to actually understand maybe some of the smaller things that we're going through on a day-to-day basis. So from that regard, it's really powerful. But then you also provide in the book all this guidance around the chakras and the white light and the healing that we all need to start doing. And so I think there's this beautiful marriage between the story and the process that you provide. So I think the world's ready for that. Thank you. And it was a, it was an interesting journey for me because I had no personal aspirations to share my story. Mm. Literally zero. A lot of people have said to me, was it a cathartic experience? Do you feel more understood by the world now that your story's out there? And the truthful answer to that is no. Mm. I felt I needed to share my story for other people. It did not heal me. It was not a cathartic experience. I had already dealt with my story before I wrote the book. But I know that my story is everybody's story. Yes. It is a blueprint for every person's soul journey. Some people may say, well, your story is intense because you had very otherworldly, supernatural (laughs) and dark uh, psychic experiences. But I believe it's everybody's story. Mm. I believe everyone can understand universal law, uh, the journey of the soul, the other side, the Mm. journey from dark to light, much better because of the way I I wrote it. So Mm. I'm glad that that is how it is landing with people. People are saying to me, I read it, it was riveting, but it did something to me. And Mm. that was the point. This I wrote this, and this is why it took me so long to write it, to be a truly high vibrational spiritual text, so that when you read it, you're, in, you're stepping into a healing arc or a healing energy. So when you read it, something is happening to you. Mm. You are understanding yourself. You are taking a journey from dark to light with me. And that's the first part of the book, The Spiritual Memoir. And then I talk about the healing practices that I believe most rapidly change our energy and change our lives. Wow, that's so beautiful to hear the high vibration and the healing arc of this book and how that can really support an individual. And I, I felt that when I was reading it because, like you said, it's not so much that I read the details of your story and I say, oh, yes, that happened to me, but I can read the, the essence of the lesson through the detail of your story and there's somewhere in my storyline where... I felt or experienced something similar. So to have that reflected back, even though it might be in a completely different scale and size and magnitude, there is something that you can, that's reflected back that you can really tap into. And I I can see already for individuals how that would create so much healing. Because it's our collective journey, Mm. isn't it? Mm. We all have come from light, from the other side to dark, which is the earth plane, to journey back to light, to know that we are the light amongst the dark. Mm. That's why it's every human soul's journey, not just mine. So true. Let's talk about that dark, because your book is called From Dark to Light, A Modern Mystic's Guide to Healing the Shadow and Embracing the Light. And as you're probably aware, when it comes to me, I love working with the chakras and I love working with the white light, but I've always had a personal passion for the shadow, even before I knew what that word was, even as a child. I've always had a deep desire and affection for kind of getting your sleeves up and doing the dirty work, not so much to, you know, hang out in pain and struggle and to sort of hang out in the the, the darkness, but to me it's always felt like there is a shift that happens when you face that shadow. And I know that through your work, through your book, that you're very passionate about that as well. So I want to kind of dive into the shadow a little bit with you today. And take a step back because in your incredible story, you share with us about your enlightened experience, which by the way, Belinda, just completely blew my mind because (laughs) I thought I knew about your enlightened experience until I read your book. I was, holy wow, this is next level. So thank you for sharing that. But when you share that enlightened experience, you talk about how you saw yourself in two parts, the dark and the light the shadow egoic self and the light love-filled self. Can you elaborate a little bit more on those two parts? Because I think a lot of people out there might actually struggle with the idea that there is 
a dark self, that there is a shadow self, and that that actually is an important part of who they are. Yes. Well, how about I read those two paragraphs to you? Yes. It's in Chapter 15, and it's on page 84. And just to give it some, some context, it's kind of tricky to talk about this, isn't it? Mm. Because... I had an experience, I had what you could call a mystical vision in 2007. At the time I was living in Germany, I was working as a medical intuitive and I was working a lot as a medical intuitive, quite tired tired and burnt out. And I decided that I was not happy with my life and that although I could see what was wrong with people, I didn't know how to help them heal it. I had a crisis of faith. Decided to cancel all of my sessions and sit in presence. I had been given a copy of The Power of Now and decided or realized I was not at all spiritual. I had been born psychic, so a lot of people thought I was spiritual because I was psychic, but when I read his book, I realized actually I'm not spiritual at all. (laughs) So I sat and meditated and worked with the power of now and through that book I had what I call my enlightened moment what was so difficult about writing about that is that it happened in circular time Mm. so simultaneously in about an hour maybe 45 minutes to an hour of earth time time I had this incredible experience, which I talk about in the book. Why it was so tricky to talk about is because I have to talk about it in linear time, but it all happens simultaneously on multi-dimensions. Wow. But to get to where you're asking about, which is the shadow, I'll read that these two paragraphs to you. Mm. So I talk about being in my white chair in my white office and having the experience of uh, literally riding the vibrational spectrum of the universe and realizing that the universe is a spectrum of emotions. So we have the darker emotions or the darkest emotion, which is fear, and you have the lightest or light emotion, which is love. So I say that I'm meditating, and suddenly around me and within me was a pervasive sense of stillness and peace. There were no thoughts in my mind, and there were no emotions in my body. I felt completely free, and for the first time ever, I felt completely alive, radiant, vibrant, and expansive. While I stood there in bliss, watching myself meditate in my white chair, I noticed that I was comprised of two parts or two selves, a dark self and a light self. My dark and light selves were polar opposites of one another. My dark self, which is my egoic self, which is fearful, anxious, and insecure, existed right alongside my light self, my soul, which is loving, brave, and wise. I'm unsure of how I suddenly knew these things, but somehow I did. That was the beginning of me understanding that we have a shadow Mm. and that we are comprised of shadow and light. And I go on to talk about how in my enlightened moment, I then understood that we all share a life purpose. And that is, we choose to come from the other side, which is light, into a darker realm like Earth. Now, there are darker realms than Earth, but Earth is not particularly light-filled. You just Mm. have to look around you and look at the state of the world and (laughs) people's minds to know that. And I understood that we all choose to come here and that we choose this journey from dark, incarnating, descending into dark, to find the light within ourselves amongst the dark Mm. in order to rediscover that we're the light. That is a life purpose journey. That's your life purpose. That's my life purpose. That's the purpose that we all share. And that is what I mean when I talk about the shadow work. Mm. It's just, I find it beautiful when I hear you describing it like that. I find the polarity really sacred and special because I've often struggled with the idea that it is just only light, 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 love, love, love. I don't know why, but that's always made me feel a little bit... um, It it almost feels a little bit intangible. But now to understand through your work that we're reaching for this, this light, this love energy amongst the darkness and through the darkness, that it feels more empowering to me. 
and that feels more real. Well, you, you've said it correctly. It's through the shadow that we find the light. Mm. That, that is the purpose of life. So that this, is a universal truth. So this shadow work is really vital and really important and something we yes. can't ignore. Yes, and I don't know what other people talk about when they talk about shadow work. What you may or may not know about me is that I do write my books in isolation. Mm. I am writing my second book at the moment, which is book two in the shadow series, which is about shadow working and shadow hunting. And as I've started to talk about that, people have said, have you read Debbie Ford? Have you read Marion Williamson? No, I haven't. And no, I won't. Yes. When I call things something, it's not because I've read it elsewhere, mm. mostly. It's because I'm trying to find a, a word in the English language to describe it. Yes. And for me, the shadow work is... Cracking through the layers of ego, fear, shadow, conditioning, limitation, to let light in. Or put in other words, it's extracting that which is foreign and unnatural in order for light to penetrate. That is, or that encapsulates our journey, the journey that we take as souls into human vessels. We are choosing in every moment love or fear. But the thing is, we are energetically designed for the light to penetrate once shadow has been healed or removed. That's why in my work, which you're familiar with, I constantly talk about the blockages in chakras. Yeah. I constantly talk about having to remove blockages because the key to health, wealth, life, well-being, anything that's good is being in flow, which means your chakras are open. If your chakras are constricted, it means there's blockages. You have to remove the blockages. That's the shadow work in order for light to penetrate. So that is how we're energetically designed. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. Yes. That's a universal law. So it's as easy and as simple as this. Your life works if your chakras are happy. Mm. Your life doesn't work if your chakras are unhappy. The shadow work is extracting, working, going through shadow in order to let light penetrate. And that's why I say you can't do light work if you're not doing shadow work. I don't understand how anyone can do any type of light work without going through the shadow because we are energetically designed to go through shadow to have light. Right, and if there is a shadow there blocking the transmutation or the entry of that light, then there, there is no chance of bringing that light in. Exactly. Mm. I, I love that you said being in flow and you've actually given us a tangible picture of what that means. You know, hashtag in flow, it kind of makes me laugh because I even say it, but I don't, I, I didn't really know, know what that meant until you describe it literally that if your chakras are working and flowing, that is what a life in flow looks like. And your chakras flow and work when, like you've just said, that shadow has been extracted. So I want to kind of go into that because, as you know, <laughs> I had a pretty epic experience at your shadow workshop in March 2017, and I had a very physical experience with extracting the shadow, which was, uh, yeah, I'm happy to share in detail because I really want, and I know my experience is not the normal, not everybody does this on a daily basis, but I want to share that with you and then kind of dissected a little bit because I feel like when somebody maybe hears us talking right now about extracting the shadow work there could be fear that comes up with that is it painful am I going to crack am I going to break am I going to be a crazy person what actually is that extraction process and I know you go into more of that obviously with your next book but I just want to share that over that course of that weekend you know this you were there I had this yearning I had this deep yearning within me to release something to understand the shadows within me to let go I just it felt like wow I've really got to do this um, but I struggled with the meditations I thought I was struggling with tuning into the guidance that you were giving us in terms of our fears and our darkness within I was triggered a lot by other people's stories and other people's shadow which was really fascinating for me because that ended up being for me, a massive key to understanding my own shadow. But then on the last day, as we started to bring white light into our chakras from the heaven to earth connection, I got to the lower chakras and I had a very, very physical 
integration or release. Now, when that happened, it felt quite birth-like. Like it felt like I was once again back in labor and I was crying and moaning and just trying to release something that felt very physical in my body. Can you bring some insight for those that are listening right now? What was actually going on in the body? What was the shadow doing? And why do we need to trust that process and understand that that's actually an important part of the shadow work? Let's take a step back, shall we, Mm. and talk about medical intuition and chakras and energy and shadow and ego, because what happens so often in the spiritual and self-help community is that we start to throw around terms like raising vibration and being in flow and Mm. shadow. And let's really look at what this means or how I'm defining it. What I know to be true, and I know this to be true because I was born psychic and could always see it, and I also know it to be true because I worked as a medical intuitive for 20 years and have read thousands of energy fields and worked and coached hundreds of people. I know this to be true. You have an energy field. That's akin to your aura, the same thing. Two words interchangeable. In your energy field, you have 12 chakras. What I know to be true is that if your chakras are working properly, your life works If there are blockages, stagnation, if anything is stopping energy flowing into your energy field through your chakras, your life doesn't work. If you have a blockage in specific chakras, that will affect that area of your life. If you have a blockage in chakra one, you will have difficulties with grounding or perhaps with energy. Mm. If you have a blockage in chakra four, for example, you have a difficulty with accepting and receiving love. So that's just a general overview of medical intuition and how we are energetically designed so that people understand what we're talking about. The word shadow and ego are interchangeable. Mm. So is the word blockage. Now, this is the thing we're starting to get a bit confusing and we don't want to be confusing for anyone. A blockage is a restriction of chi or prana or energy. So what the chakras do What my chakras do, what your chakras do, what everyone's chakras do is they draw in energy from the earth and from the heaven. They generate energy within our physical body and distribute it. So visualize it like this. It comes up from the ground or from the heavens. It draws into the energy center. Our bodies generate that and use it for for our physical health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, and then distribute it out to other people. Mm. That's what chakras are. If our chakras are working properly, we are literally, like we talked about before, in flow. Mm. The basis of health, and I'm not the only one to say this, this is the basis of Ayurvedic health, of of Chinese health, any any of the ancient um, and powerful healing practices is if your chakras are receiving energy, distributing it, generating it, you are healthy, full stop. Mm. or for our American friends listening, period. (laughs) So that is the basis of health. Now let's talk about blockages and shadow and ego, shall we, for a moment. Blockage simply means anything that is restricting the flow of chi coming in, which can be negative thought patterns, which can be health issues, which can be past life. That is a blockage. Those blockages join together to create your ego or what is also called, and I often call it this, shadow. Mm. Okay, so that's our understanding of chakras and energy field and flow. Very well summarized. But it's important, isn't it? It is, it is. Because we get very quickly very confused about what what everybody's talking about. It's good to unpack it. To come back to your question, you said, what happened to me and why? And why did I have such a physical reaction? Well, you had a physical reaction because over the three days of the workshop, you were working very intensely on your chakras. Mm. You were doing certain meditation practices and you were bringing in light. Yes. In order for more light to penetrate, though, and light is also interchangeable with the word prana or chi, again, we have to be very clear what we're talking about, you were drawing in energy, but energy 
cannot go deep into you. You cannot become more luminous or more happy or more fulfilled if there's something blocking that. So you were literally working on releasing knots in your energy field or tears in your aura or blockages or stagnations. You were working intensely on anything that was preventing light, which is also happiness, Mm. to enter your energy field. So what happened is there was a cognitive effect, a build-up. Your energy was working very hard. Your chakras energy field was working hard, bringing in the energy, bringing in the energy. But the problem that you had is you had a major trauma, Mm. blockage, stagnation, or whatever it was in your base chakra. So you needed to get to the point where you were deep in the shadow in there, deep in the blockage in order to let the light in. And it happened through you, for you. And I don't know the details actually of what you did. I was just observing your energy field because we haven't talked about it. (laughs) But what I observed is that you released a very old blockage, a heavy one, and was then able to let light into your base chakra. Yes, yes, and that's what it felt like. It felt like something physically was being extracted and that physical process of that that shadow being released was, it, it, it was visceral, like it, it was, I could touch it. Does that make sense? Like it, it didn't, yes. it, yeah, it didn't just feel in my head lofty ideas. It, it was a physical release. And, yes, and, it, often, and it often is mm. because our blockages we can physically feel. When people begin to work with the chakras and work with the white light, they can say at the beginning, I don't feel much. And I say, feel into your body, feel into your body. And they feel it. It is a tangible thing. These yes. blockages are literal. Yes. It was quite a surprising experience because uh, to, 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 to feel your body respond to something that was actually energetic and to have that move up and out, it was like, wow, this is actually all-consuming. But it wasn't scary. I, w- I, never, I was never at any point scared of this shadow. And I think that's why I wanted to dissect that a little bit with you and share it to our listeners because I'm so passionate about facing those shadows, but I don't want other people to run away from it because they think that it is brutal or scary or painful because it never actually felt like that. It actually felt consuming for the 10 minutes that were in that, but it never felt painful. And I, I, I really wanted to bring that in, into our conversation because I want, I want to encourage people to do that light work via the shadow that you so beautifully teach. Well, that's the only type of light work that you can do, isn't yeah. it? Really, when you understand that it's through the shadow and through healing our own shadow, not through messing about with anybody else's energy field. Mm. And I'd like to make that point here very clear. As light workers, modern mystics, however we would like to call ourselves, our job is not to heal other people's shadow. Our job is not to heal other people's energy fields or chakras. That is trespassing against the law of free will. Mm. Hands off. Mm. Our job is to work on ourselves and heal our own shadow. And for me personally, and yes, I have been doing the work for some time, that is the most joyful experience because I know I'm having a breakthrough. When I'm in the I am uncomfortable zone or I'm really feeling the buildup of a shadow, I know it's going to give me more bliss and more joy and more fulfillment and more clarity about soul purpose. But I do understand for people that are not used to working on their energy fields or chakras, that it can feel daunting. Mm. And also, some people become dramatic with it, and that's not the point either. Some people become, uh, what's the word? Yeah, dramatic mm. is, the, is the word. They, they, they use it, they're out of control in the shadow and screaming and crying because they're not in a protected environment. So, Claire, truthfully, I understand people's hesitations. Yeah. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I went to see a healer or a psychic, and I don't know what they did or what happened, but I feel traumatized. And also, I feel like they somehow did something to my energy. Mm. So I understand people's concern. Yes. 
It's a very real one. But what I know to be true is this. When you really are working with your chakras and the white light, you don't feel scared because you feel supported. It's so true. You know, my personal experience with the shadow at that workshop, there was a lot of crying and there was a lot of shaking and it was all that kind of stuff, but it felt like I had asked, uh, I had invited it in. I felt like the process of the three days leading up to that, I had said, look, if we're going to do it, do it in whatever way needs to happen and I was open and ready for it. I also think having been through childbirth, I didn't really have any inhibitions and was willing to let whatever it was release. But I can understand that anybody looking into something like that or anybody that's had experience where they felt a little broken, maybe through some other psychic or some other healer, that that would feel quite uh, destabilizing. You know, yes, it's, it's hard scary. to be vulnerable and completely open to that, isn't it? Yes, it's scary. And that's why I talk a lot about how I don't believe in healing other people. Mm. That makes me very unpopular. But, you know... <laughs> I've never won the popularity vote anyway, so uh, that's fine with me. But I, in my career, have never extracted shadows from other people yes. or have never told people what to do or I believe 100% in hands off. Yes. And if people tell me they work as a healer, I'm immediately skeptical mm. because I think that why we're afraid is because things have happened to us. Every event I give, people come up and say, I had this dreadful experience or someone tampered with my energy field or someone gave me these dreadful future predictions. That's why I'm really not an advocate of healing others. Mm. Well, actually, I'm not an, I, I, I put that in a watered down version. I'm not an advocate at all because that's not the path. The path is you work on yourself. Yes. That's the law of free will. Yes. You work on yourself through your own joy. You express joy to others through your own healed self. You help other people discover their own healed selves. That's the truth. And that's how it feels when you're in the presence of somebody who, who has worked on themselves. For example, when I'm in the presence of you, I feel empowered and I feel encouraged and motivated and inspired to heal myself when I'm in your presence because I can feel your energy passing on that motivation and strength. I don't feel that you're doing it for me. I feel like you're creating space for it to be safe. And well, that's one of the greatest compliments that I've ever had because that's the point. That's mm. the point. The point is I work on myself and I leave everybody else alone. Yeah. And your job is to work on yourself and leave everybody else alone. And through the luminosity of your energy field, we do uplift the planet, not because we're doing anything, but as Eckhart Tolle would say, we're being. We're being. Mm. That's all that it takes. Does but that... you see, we get caught up in our ego around it, don't we? Yes. We want to be an amazing healer or make money through being a healer or be an amazing psychic or, you know, all of those things or an amazing mom. I mean, we're always looking for validation externally. The yes. best validation in the, you can ever have is that you have uplifted another person, like literally. Through the luminosity of my energy field, through me working on my chakras and shadow, through you working on your chakras and shadow, we are then able to, what, generate more light and love. So we literally uplift the people around us, not because we're doing anything, just because we're being in our luminosity. Mm. I love that. And I love that you've explained it in a way that actually shows this is not just some woo-woo spiritual idea where we're saying, oh, work on yourself and the world will be better. We're actually understanding through what you're describing that when... I work on my chakras, when I channel white light, when I allow the shadows to release within me and I'm raising my vibration, I am then in turn lifting others. That, that to me is so tangible and so real. And it is real. Mm. It is like that, literally. That's what I see in people's energy fields. I can see if people are bringing other people down or if they're lifting other people up. Mm. And it's not so much what they're doing to others, it's how they are being with their own selves. It's just amazing. It's, a, it's actually, to me, really inspiring and empowering that when I sit down every day to do my chakra meditation and I persist with that and I persist with the white light and work continuously with whatever shadows come up, that I'm actually making a really great impact. That's just like, that's awesome. 
you are and everything else is not a service, it's a disservice. Mm. Because energy is energy. It's not about what we say and what we do. It's about how we are energetically. That's what creates a real change or a lasting change. Yes, we can do things and say things, but unless we're bringing about a permanent change in our own energy fields, we're not affecting anything. That's why Eckhart Tolle always talks about heal thyself. And if you've ever seen him speak or been at one of his events or read his book, he never tells you what to do, ever. All he does is talk about how to heal your ego. That's why he's a true master. Yes. And that's why I read his book every day. And that's why when people say to me, Belinda, should I come to your event or should I go to Eckhart Tolle? <laughs> I go, you will go to Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you're both essentially sharing a, a very similar and strong message, but slightly different context. And his is uh, not talking about chakras, obviously, in white light, but it's essentially the same being in presence, isn't it? Yes. Through, I mean, I was born psychic, so that's what I'm here to do. And I am not enlightened. He is. You can tell that when you're in his presence. I've been in the presence of two enlightened souls. That's mm. Eckhart Tolle and Mother Mera, an Indian saint who gives darshan in Germany. And they don't have a shadow inside them. Now, Eckhart at times has a shadow around him or his ego, but he's not identifying with it. See, the purpose of it is not to eradicate the shadow. Mm. It's disidentification from the fact that you're a human being or a soul in a human vessel means that you've chosen to have dark and light. We will never eradicate or kill off or discard of completely our shadow because that's the purpose of the journey. But people like Eckhart Tolle, they don't identify with it. So if I, when I look at their energy fields, the shadow hangs around them quite far away but is not a part of them anymore. That's what enlightenment looks like literally. Here on earth, obviously, yeah, that makes sense yes. because you can't be in this human vessel without the light and the dark. Is that essentially exactly. what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, yes, they have light and dark, but they don't identify with their shadow. They know they have a shadow. And I'm sure Eckhart, and I don't know about Mother Mera, but I'm sure he knows that he has to be mindful of his shadow, but his shadow does not live in him, through him. There are no blockages in his chakras, whereby for the rest of us humble human folk, <laughs> the shadow's often very entrenched. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We feel that. And the, the, the struggle for, uh, I'll speak personally, the struggle is that you uh, hit a curveball. Something else comes along that reignites an old shadow or something new is born within you that feels dark and heavy. And so the, the continuous work is so necessary, isn't it, to keep cleansing and keep clearing and coming back to a little bit more light and I want to ask you a question here because I, I, I kind of I'm, I'm wrapping my head around this and I want to help other people that are listening as well does it mean that we can't actually access the light if there is a blockage within us or we access it on a, a, a lesser scale or weaker level yes so yes and no it's incremental that's important to understand so it's not that we're all shadow or all light. It's that we are incrementally, systematically releasing shadow to allow more light in. Mm. If we're on the spiritual path or the, the conscious path, that's why it's important to understand there will never be a day when you're completely happy. Yes. There will never be a day where the journey's over. The, I think what has helped me so much is... I was born knowing that earth was a dark place, mm. a dark and cruel place. In my childhood, that made me very homesick for the other side, but I've never had any illusions about happiness because I've always known that all we can do is our best. Mm. And if you let go of the illusion of one day I'll be happy or just if I heal that little thing, it will work, or if my husband supported my business more, I'd be successful. When you realize that, the whole purpose of life is to be surrounded by shadow and accept resistance. When you realize that that's what you're dealing with, you deeply accept it and you just let life be. Mm. So many women think one day 
or when my children are no longer at home or when I have space or if I could sit in an ashram and meditate all day, I would be enlightened. Or if I had all this time to invest in my business, I would be financially successful. One day it would work. But that's an illusion because any type of waiting for something to take place is not it's not only not being present but it's thinking that one day it could all be light the only time it will all be light for you is when you die mm. and when i die until then we have to understand that we've got to contend with the dark but when you get that you use it as fuel for your fire mm. You then go, okay, I'm going to transmute this. Oh, what's coming up? That's why people say to me, Belinda, you're quite odd. I mean, you know, that I've heard my whole (laughs) life as well, so that's nothing unusual. unusual, But Belinda, you like the shadow? And I go, I bet you. I bet you I like it. I love it. Because that means I'm accessing deeper joy and deeper bliss. Yes. And there's nothing more blissful in life than being connected to yourself and feeling genuine love from other people and receiving genuine love. Mm. Giving and receiving and genuine love. People are craving for that. They can't have it because they're not opening their own energy field to give and receive love. Yeah, you know what? That landed with me big time, especially the idea of one day, you know, one day it will all be better. One day when this changes, one day that will be great. And that's really shifted something for me, you know, especially as a mama, realizing that this is the here and now and this is the season that I'm in and I'm sure other mamas listening too. And not waiting for this moment of perfection, this light-filled experience to start accessing the light on a daily basis and working with the shadow on a daily basis and to accept that it's not always perfect and happy, happy, shiny it's just it, this is what it is today and tomorrow it might be different but actually being with it day to day that's really massive that's really landed with me because the aim is not happiness it's mm. depth isn't it mm. that's what we do when we work with the shadow we create depth within our energy field the spiritual journey is not one of walking along a path to get to a destination it's a one of going deeper and deeper within the bliss and light of who we are see i think a lot of people would hear that on the surface and not along, but actually it's quite a big thing to really wrap your head around. The aim is depth, not happiness. And I think a lot of people would resist that. It really, it really resonates with me and I really drop into that idea because it actually takes the pressure off. I don't need to be happy all the time. I don't need to be perfect all the time. I don't need to achieve, you know, 50,000 Instagram followers and everything's amazing. Depth really lands for me, but for other people I think that would be like, whoa, what do you mean? Well, I, well what, I understand that. And the reason I know that is because I've worked for 10 years every day on my chakras and with the white light. Mm. So I understand what depth feels like versus, versus superficial happiness. Yes. Because depth is never fleeting. And what happens to me nowadays is even in times of grief, and we all have times of grief, I feel loved. Mm. I feel held, sometimes my most darkest times now and my most beautiful, because I am deeply supported and loved. And that is a deep feeling of love that comes from my energy field. That's because by working on my chakras and with the white light and being a devotee to Eckhart Tolle's teachings, I've created depth in myself. I understand the difference between happiness and depth. Mm. And I choose depth. And anyone would choose depth if they understand the difference. The only reason they can't grasp it is because they're trying to grasp it. You can't grasp that. You have to meditate. You have to work on your energy field until you get to the point where you literally feel it. Oh, I feel my chakras opening. I can now go deeper and deeper into my heart chakra and feel what it feels like to truly experience unconditional love until that point. It's all theory. And that's why I'm always encouraging people on the spiritual path to do the work. Mm. You have to do work to be spiritual. It's not something you can understand theoretically. A lot of people understand the chakras theoretically, but when I say to them or when I look in them, I realize they have no clue because they've never actually felt what it feels like to heal a blockage in their chakra. They've never actually felt what it feels like to have a huge, wide, amazing solar plexus chakra. Mm. 
That's why spiritual, the spiritual path is work. And depth and the understanding of depth and true love only comes from doing the work for quite some time. Mm. And this brings us back to your incredible book because you give guidance on that work, don't you? In the second section of that book, you take us through step-by-step the chakras and the white light and the mindfulness practices that essentially encapsulate what you've just described as the work, the work that we need to be doing on a daily basis. Yeah, and they're the things that work for me Mm. and and they've come from the experience I had in my enlightened moment and each one to their own. People ask me all the time to journey on my path and experience depth. Do I need to work on the chakras the way you say? Do I have to work with the white light? I say absolutely not. But what I know to be true is that you have to work on the chakras. Mm. And I don't mind if you're doing yoga to do that or meditation or some other form, anything that works. And what I mean by works is gets results quickly, anything that really works, it's working on the chakras, whether you realize it or not. And the chakra meditation that I developed, I developed it for two and a half years. I worked with my clients for two and a half years, trying out all different things to see what works. And that works best from every time. It does. It does. I can attest to that. It's the, the meditation that I do when I know I need to work quickly on my chakras. It's the meditation that I go to when I know, okay, there is a blockage here and I need to sit with this. And it's the one that will activate my chakras. I don't know what it is, what it is that you put in that beautiful meditation, but it works. Well, it wasn't what I put in and I just observed and I just took the time to observe what works. Mm. So it it wasn't, it's nothing that I did. I'd like to say that, oh, I put, you know, no, I just worked with people and we trialed and tested things and I kept working on it and working on it until I went, there we go. And I learned that you don't have to visualize color. You don't have to visualize chakra spinning. All of that can actually be detrimental to the practice. All you have to do to get your chakras to work is bring your awareness to the point of each one of the chakras, and then the work's done for you. It is honestly as simple and as unglamorous as that. And you're right. Sometimes those those focus points can be detrimental because I, I'm not a visual person. I don't see chakra colors. And if I try too hard that goes straight into my thinking space, my ego kicks in and I block the entire process. Whereas when I kind of just lie down, bring my attention loosely and softly to those chakra points, all of a sudden they're all spinning. And exactly, and it doesn't even matter if they're not, mm. because this is the thing about chakras, they spin, they spin in all directions simultaneously. Try visualizing that. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> so don't worry about all of that. You just worry about bringing your awareness to your chakra center. That's the meditation that I've been doing for, well, not 10 years, because I was working my chakras in a different capacity before I understood exactly how to do, but, you know, for the past seven years. That's all I do, Claire. Mm. I do that. I channel white light. I read Eckhart Tolle. And when I write my books, I sit sometimes half the day in meditation. You see, when I say that I write this book from a high vibrational space, I genuinely mean that. I sit and wait until the information comes through. Mm. Down I sit and wait till the information comes through. And if I've written something and I can feel it's not quite vibrationally right, I go back. So when I said at the beginning of this interview, it's a healing arc. It's a literal healing arc. I am taking you by the hand and walking you chapter by chapter through energetic shifts that need to take place in order for you to radically change your life. If you feel drawn to me and my way of doing things. That's how this book has been created. And through that book and through your words and through the guidance, even if people are still a little bit confused about the shadow, they're starting to automatically work on their shadows, aren't they, by bringing their attention to the energy field, by changing their vibration. It's already starting to happen, isn't it? I'm, I'm, bring, I'm coming back to that because I want to be clear to the people that are listening. They don't need to go out and work hard on extracting their shadows and sorting their life out. This is a process that happens quite naturally if they just show up and do the work, as in exactly. the chakra work and the light work. Exactly. The shadow work is another way for talking about chakra work. Mm. And the reason I talk, called it the shadow work is because I really believe we are in years of shadow. 
as the vibration on the earth plane is rising, so too is our shadow. And people are struggling. Mm. They don't know how to deal with the intensity of the rising shadow or like you experienced it being extracted. Mm. That's why before I talked about blockages and chakras and now I talk more about shadow. Well, actually, I talk about both. All you need to do to be doing the shadow work is to be working on your energy field, to work on your chakras, work with the white light. Through that process, you'll become aware of the blockages, which is shadow in your energy field. Yes. And you continue to work on your chakras. That is all you need to do. Mm, it's really interesting he hearing you say that because off the back of the experience that I had at your workshop in March, I remember feeling a little bit um, delicate, I guess, for a few weeks after that, maybe two or three weeks. And it wasn't a bad space to be in. I just felt quite... Um, reclusive and introverted you know I was just containing my energy and, and allowing that massive release to just be what it was I remember talking to somebody that said I can't remember who it was but she said maybe you need to get some healing work done or maybe you need something to support you through this and I sort of thought I no actually I, I don't I just I just need to keep sitting with this and feeling into it and tuning into my chakras and allowing the light to come in because I felt at that point, and kind of what you just said resonates with it, that when we sometimes over work too hard, coming from that ego space, and we, we complicate it, we block the whole process. And simply just allowing it to be with a, a conscious mind focusing on that, I think that's more than enough. Well, I think we have an obsession with always wanting to feel good instantaneously. Mm. And if you went straight back to your practices and did your practices as much as you could because you have a small child, as much as any of us can, but if you keep doing your practices, it's the day-to-dayness of the practices. That's what gets results. Not so much the not, intensity. No, it's not. The intensity happened, obviously, because you're in an environment with a lot of other people and we were doing the shadow work. Mm. So that's what you know, the shadow work workshop is dedicated to. But then the work afterwards is it's the day-to-day -day grind. That is the very true and unglamorous side of spirituality. Mm -hmm. It is the chopping wood and carrying water, chopping wood and carrying water. And that's what gets you results. I do want to just circle back to something we've talked about because I don't want it to be misunderstood, the comment I made about healers and psychics. Mm. I have no problem with people in the healing arts and in that profession. I have a, a massage therapist and healer that I see. I love getting reflexology. I have very dear friends that do kinesiology in Europe. I actually work from a kinesiology institute. So let's make it clear I'm not saying that. But this, is, this is, though, the important differentiation. I believe in people that do work to uplift others, not by tampering, yes. changing, extracting, or doing anything to their energy fields. The people that are the true healers, they empower you to do it yourself, and they give you the tools to do that. And that's the ultimate, because you can't always be showing up at your healer for another healing. It's the day-to-day, -day, like you said, that really matters. You know, and I think that's really important that you work with somebody that does empower you and to give you the tools. I'm glad you, you highlighted that point because it is a really important one. And I love my healers that I see. I just don't see them all the time and I don't feel like at every single point in my healing journey I've needed them. There's some times where I feel very strongly I need that kinesiologist, I need that person. But usually it's just how could I support myself through this? What tools do I have in my kit that I know I could lift myself through this, carry myself, or at least even just sit with what I'm feeling without resistance, without struggle. And like you said, we're always trying to reach for happiness all the time, but there's nothing wrong with actually being wherever you are at, whatever feeling or emotion that you're experiencing. That's a really important part of my personal journey, to sit with the heaviness sometimes, not always just yes. rush and fix it. Yes, and to let go of our obsession for productivity. Yeah. <laughs> it's an obsession. Some of the most beautiful moments I have 
I'm, I've laid in bed half the day. Now, you know, granted, people would say that's very luxurious. And yes, I do have a life now that allows for lots of space because that's how my life has become through the work. It wasn't always like that. Some of the most profound experiences I have when I haven't left the house for a couple of days, when I'm in my pajamas and haven't brushed my teeth, and I'm just in bliss. <laughs> that's like me in the first trimester, Belinda. <laughs> Yes. Well, yes, and we, we know that, don't we? <laughs> when we're uh, when we're trying to grow a baby, it can be quite challenging. But I really, I don't want people to be obsessed, particularly women, to be obsessed with external and productivity and always holding it together. Because even when you do the work like I've been doing for some time, you are subject to cycles in life. Yes. Cycles of grief. Cycles of death cycles of joy and you can always find the depth amongst it but it doesn't mean that we don't have times where we're not productive mm. and I think even Eckhart Tolle talks about that I think that's a really beautiful message and one that I very much resonate with at the moment especially at this point in my life I think I, I told you a few weeks ago we, we just had a chat on the phone I'm promoting myself to motherhood I'm fully accepting this is the season that I'm in and letting go of all the need to produce this to do stuff create stuff make money I'm letting go of all of that because like you said we're susceptible to these seasons and cycles and it actually feels really good to let go and f to know and trust that just for now this is what it needs to be and to embrace that and I don't think we do that enough I definitely don't think we do that enough oh I know women don't do that enough mm. because they come to me and they cry and they're heartbroken and they're confused and they're comparing themselves to other women who pretend to live this amazing life, which they often don't. Mm. And they fall into the comparison trap and they're not really being with what is. Now, I understand it as well. Women want to be financially independent and have control and I completely support that. But Claire, you can only be what you're being at that moment yeah. and trying to multitask makes life crazy and everything's fleeting. Every moment that you share with your child is the last. So when you understand that about life, you know, like the last moment that you'll have at that time, at that age, the last, you know, you just have to look back of our photos of our children. Oh, my goodness, haven't they grown quickly? And when you can sink into that and realize that everything's fleeting, I mean, in a universal way, we'll always be together, but everything's fleeting and sacred. You just let go of the need to impress external and you focus on where it matters. And that's what that's what the, this journey's given me. Yes, it's given me financial abundance. And yes, I do run a great business and that's all great. But you know what it's really given me? It's given me time and space mm, what a gift. and love and connection. What a gift. That is the ultimate. That is the ultimate. As a child and even a young adult, whenever anybody would ask me, what is your big dream for your life? I would really struggle with that question because when I tune into it, it's, it's quite simple and humble. It's just time and space and love and laughter and freedom, not external accolades and accomplishments. They're all lovely and nice and, you know, of course, I'd, I'd love to see more of that in my life, but it's not the thing that drives me. So I'm really glad that you shared that. And I hope that the women that are listening have been inspired by that to, yeah, tune into the, to time and space a little bit more. Not a little bit more, a lot more. <laughs> a lot more. Did Let's you hear that, ladies? Yes, a lot more. Thank you. Yes, I'm with you 100%. Belinda, I could talk to you, and you know this, because we do this often, talk. <laughs> for a very long time about everything and I think we're going to have to get back on the podcast again soon and talk about some of the other things maybe not related to your book but some of the important topics that I know you and I love to dissect because talking to you is just a pleasure it really is and it, it's something I'm sure everybody listening has enjoyed as well thank you so much for your book for your story for your lessons and your guidance for teaching us what you know to be true Thank you for sharing with me today and helping dissect the shadow and the light and the chakras. I'm really, really grateful for your time. Thank you, Claire. I've enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to our further chats and podcasts. <laughs>
Yes, definitely. And to everybody listening, if you have not got your hands yet, From Dark to Light is available on Kindle as well as a printed version. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that this become one of your bedside Bibles because it will change your life. I guarantee that. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you, Claire. You too. Thanks. Bye. Okay, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that chat with Belinda. Now, you can definitely find her amazing new book, From Dark to Light, via Amazon.com, and I will link to that in the show notes. And I do also recommend that you check out BelindaDavidson.com for her free weekly white light sessions, which happen on Monday at 9pm, which is 9pm wherever you are in the world, and all the other incredible free resources that she has. And if you do happen to be in Australia or sometimes in Europe, she holds workshops. So if Belinda's work resonated with you, please do check her out. I highly recommend. Hope you have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world. Thanks.